The Admissions Club was created as a soft place to land for students and families going through what can be a particularly stressful time in one's life, the college admissions journey. Hi, I'm your host, Elizabeth West, and this podcast will feature inside information from my 10 years of college admissions experience and 25 years in higher education. Episodes are sprinkled with 80s nostalgia to connect with your students during that turbulent time we all experienced. We will learn together in fun and engaging conversations with guests who are key players in higher education and admissions, or they could be someone just like you going through the process of admissions. Whether you're a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, or a criminal. There's a spot for you in the admissions club. Welcome back to the club. We have Dr. Chris Flowers with us, our trusty companion. Hi, how are you? Hi, Elizabeth. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I made you sound like a dog. I don't mean (laughs) to make you sound like a dog. (laughs) That's an awesome analogy. That you know what that that totally works. I love my dog. She's around here somewhere, so that's that's perfect. <laughs> so sorry about that. But <laughs> today we're going to talk about the many phases of college prep, and that um, you know a lot of people may look at us like we're nuts when we say you know eighth grade. You can start thinking about it, and um, some people want to think about it that early. Some people want to put it off and that's that's fine, but you just need to realize maybe some of the implications about putting that off. So you have kiddos and what do you think about starting earlier, Chris? I think, you know, the earlier, the better to a certain point, right? I mean, we're talking, you know, when you get into like late middle school, so eighth grade and then early high school and ninth grade, I mean, that to me is really when you want to start thinking about this. I mean, again, a lot of people think, okay, junior year is the year, right? And of course, like that's when you're really kind of getting into the weeds with a lot of these different uh, things to think about as you apply for college. But you know, some of the things we talked about in previous podcasts, even like the soft skills development, um, that's important in high school. I mean, not just in college, but as you become your own self-advocate and start thinking about your interests, you know, clubs, organizations, all those things you get involved with. I think the earlier you can dig into that, the better. So, I mean, my son, Jonah, he is in sixth grade, which is crazy to think about, but he'll be in eighth grade before long. And so, you know, already my gears are turning a little bit about this. I mean, I want him to enjoy his time in school, of course, but it's important. I mean, you know, I think it helps people become ultimately more successful in, you know, secondary school, high school. And so, you know, it's, it's a good thing to be thinking about. And setting goals, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all set our goals, right? But I also think that when people are surprised when they start working with us, and when you want to work with us in eighth or ninth grade, we don't necessarily talk about college at all. And it's all about creating insight into themselves. You know, what are you good at? What do you like to do? And we have these kind of conversations that promote self-awareness, I think. Um, And the more self-aware a student is, I think that they manage their expectations better. So when you start early college prep, It doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to the colleges and that you're, you know, polishing off that uh, that college essay. No, no. It means like 
I'm becoming more self-aware and I'm learning the skills to be successful in high school and college. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, and you know, honestly, when, when I first got into this side of the admissions business, I was sort of surprised, like, you know, just how many people sort of earlier uh, in their high school careers wanted to start getting into this, but it, it totally makes sense when you get into the nuance of just the different things people have to start thinking about. Um, and, you know, again, I think my teacher uh, side of me thinks about, you know, not waiting till the last second to do something. Not that I ever have students who do that, who wait until the last second to start working on a paper assignment or whatever it may be, but it's kind of the same application for thinking ahead to, toward college and sort of the, the things you want to be prepared with there. So in a lot of ways, yeah, the earlier, the better. And I think when we work with students, we really try to strike a balance with, you know, enjoy your high school experience, but it's good to start cultivating these skills early on. Right. Right. So when we talk about eighth and ninth grade, you know, what are the things to be thinking about? I have an eighth grader in my family. Uh, my daughter's in eighth grade and I can't help but talking about college, you know. Uh, but I think that what I really impress upon her is that the cho choices you make now are absolutely not necessarily going to change your trajectory, but they make a difference right now. So when we talk about her ninth grade schedule, that's really important because that's one third of her admissions decision. All admissions offices have to look at our ninth, 10th and 11th grade when you apply to college. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about ninth grade, that's, a generous one third of the decision that they're making. So I think that when we talk about eighth and ninth grade, I think the emphasis is definitely on course selection and starting those uh, clubs and organizations and volunteering. What do you think? I agree. And I think the other sort of byproduct of all that is that it lowers the anxiety level, right? Like, because, you know, if you don't start thinking about it until you're in your junior year, um, you know, you, you start getting a little bit worried about what haven't I done? What should I have been doing? And I think having someone to kind of, you know, provide a little bit of guidance about that process. And I don't know if handholding is the right word, but the term you use, which I totally agree with, is a soft place to land, you know, somewhere where they can land and get a little bit of feedback on what they should be doing some direction about what to start thinking about. It just makes the whole process that much more smooth, not just for the student, but also for the parents who I'm sure, you know, a lot of times are navigating the anxiety piece of that as well. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, and we just talked about this off air, but now we're going to talk about <laughs> it on air <laughs> is that in ninth grade, I really think that's when you start the fire, you know, really getting your student excited about college and sort of imprinting that positive aspect of this journey that you, this is going to be a journey that we're all going to take. And I, in ninth grade, I took my son on a college visit and it wasn't because I was pressuring him. He has to see what is in front of him. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not, he's a tangible person, right? So when I took him on a college visit, uh, and he got to he got to meet admissions officers and he got to see tour guides and he just got to it lived for him. So I think that that's what we do in eighth and ninth grade is that we really see college as something as a goal and as something to be excited about, but that it lives for them. It's not this scary thing in the offing. 
Yeah, I agree. It makes it a concrete thing, right? It makes it tangible. And I think to, just to add on to that a little bit, I think too, some people think that you can only go on a college tour when you're in 11th grade or 12th grade, right? Kind of getting ready to graduate, but technically they don't care. I mean, <laughs> you can register online for a college tour early and go get sort of a sense of what the environment is like and what you want to experience out of that. Um, and it helps you start forming some questions earlier too, which is good. And it gives you a feel for different uh, campus environment, student populations, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think if nothing else, if you're a parent who's listening to this, it at least starts planting that seed of like, you know, curiosity when it comes to the college search experience. And it generates excitement early on, which is, I think, an important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all of the possibilities, you know, I mean, this is these are the conversations that we have where, you can ask, you know, do you really like, what particular classes do you like in high school? What classes are challenging for you? And sort of getting across that just because a course is challenging for you doesn't mean you can't improve upon it. You know, it goes back to, I'm not a math person. You know, I'm not an English person. And it's like, well, no, you just need a little more practice. And, yeah. and that's okay too. Yeah, and you just need the right person to kind of help you through it. I mean, I that was sort of reflecting on my high school experience, which has been a minute, you know, but reflecting on that, when I had a subject that I struggled with, and for me, it was chemistry. I just, for whatever reason, had a really tough time with chemistry. And I think, I don't want to say it's because I'm not a math person, but for whatever reason, the the math behind that was especially challenging. But I had to find somebody who could kind of help me through it. You know, I had a great teacher. He, he did a really good job. But at the same time, I just need a little bit of supplemental assistance. And I think the same can be said for when you're thinking about the college process. It doesn't hurt to have someone who kind of serves that same role. And a lot of times that's what I kind of find myself doing when I'm working with students in the capacity that we do. And I frequently have been meeting with, you know, speaking of 10th grade students, but 10th grade students uh, specifically lately. And that's a lot of the conversation we have. And I love that you did a brilliant segue into 10th grade. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what I'm doing here, Elizabeth. <laughs> you're just so good. So 8th and ninth grade, you know, we are starting that fire. We are getting it uh, started in a positive direction as parents and as, as um, educators. But then when we get into 10th grade, that's really stoking that fire, right? And I'm, I'm just going with this analogy all the way, but um, stoking the fire of what is your course selection? What have you done um, extracurricular wise and volunteer wise? And this is where I have probably more serious conversations with students mm -hmm. because it's getting to the halfway mark. It's getting to the halfway mark of high school. I don't want to pressure anybody, but we have to do some things in 10th grade that will set them up well in 11th grade. Yeah. I feel like in the conversations I've had with a lot of students at that juncture of 10th grade specifically, it kind of goes from sort of, you know, just going through high school and doing the best you can to being a little more intentional in the approach, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the things you just outlined. So we have a lot of conversations about volunteering it's sort of the need to pick uh, an organization that you feel sincere about and authentic about and want to be a part of and doing that consistently. Because if you can do that beginning in 10th grade, even if it's halfway through the academic year into 11th grade and into your senior year, that's something that helps you stand out. But beyond all the college application stuff, because that's what we talk about all the time, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that helps you become 
a better person. You know, it grows you as a citizen. That reflects itself on application essays, you know, on your resume, all of that kind of stuff as you sort of get toward that point. It's just ultimately kind of the right thing to do. But that that thought process of intentionality and becoming a little bit more self-aware of what you're contributing your time toward becomes important in the 10th grade for sure. Well, and I also think I get a lot of 10th graders that say, you know, I had a really tough ninth grade year, whether it's the transition, whether it's um, acclimating to the challenge of high school courses, you know, whatever that the case may be. Um, Some people come and they they talk to us and it's like, oh, gosh, I'm never going to get into college because I had a bad ninth grade year. 10th grade is when we circle the wagons and we get going. Right. And we were like, okay, that that's in the past. We can't change it, but that doesn't derail you from going into college and into a good college. Um, When I was in admissions, I would, it would be compelling evidence if I saw a student that continually improved. All right. So right. In ninth grade, you may have a bad year. But if you show 10th and 11th grade significant progress, that was compelling to me. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, admissions counselors and officers are going to look at the whole package. And so if there's that trajectory, as you're kind of referencing, where, you know, there may have been some early struggles in high school, but you're headed in the right direction as you get into your senior year, that stands out. I mean, and they look at it again overall. I mean, they look at your application essay, your involvement with extracurricular items. But I think to, you know, something for students to think about is don't get overly involved. I mean, I have this conversation all the time with students of, you know, I may have struggled academically, so I'm going to compensate by doing tons of organizations and clubs. And it's great to be involved with those things, but at the same time, there needs to be a balance. And the thing that we keep coming back to too is, you know, take time to enjoy high school in the midst of all this, right? I mean, you don't want to get so wrapped up in everything that you're forgetting kind of where you're at in life, you know, a little bit. So just something to think about too, the whole balance component of all of that. And you know what's interesting is in 10th grade, I really like to have the discussion with students about time management Mm -hmm. because I really think that that's important because it lets me have that conversation with them about a school life balance. And I'm very upfront with them when I do time management. And I'm like, I'm not trying to find all of the hours you can squeeze in to get your homework done. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the entire picture and to see, you know, are you taking care of yourself academically? Sure. But are you taking care of yourself socially and emotionally? Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that we're not discussing enough. Yeah, I agree. And actually, my Thursday chat that I put on social media last week, I think it was last week, um, was about well-being. I mean, just, you know, kind of just taking time for yourself. And as you said, socially, and I think physically, too. I mean, just getting out, you know, enjoying life while you, you know, have that availability to do it. So you're not wrapped up in too much. I mean, the well-being thing translate not translates not just to high school and not just to college, but you know, once you get into your career and the working world, that becomes increasingly important. So it's one of those skills that we work with students on early on, and that I think they see as they get older, just sort of the application beyond education, you know, in, in life in general. Absolutely, <clears throat> and you know, it's funny because as we go into eleventh grade we get so many parents and students asking us and you you've heard it um a lot of people say oh I, we're too late 
I know, I know we're too late. You know, yeah. it's junior year. We're too late. And you know, um, it can be true in some situations, but m- mostly, you know, fall of your junior year into early winter is really a sweet spot. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. say where we can, we have the time to dedicate to helping people. And it's not just we, it's like you in terms of college prep have time to really focus and plan for ultimately that college application. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, we've said on this discussion, you know, the earlier, the better in a lot of ways, but at the same time, you know, sure. There are certainly situations where it can be much further along, you know, in the process where it gets a little bit scary because the time crunch is there, but junior year for sure. I mean, that's the time where we can work with students on a number of different things and we can roll items together, right? I mean, we can roll discussions about soft skills because those are vitally important. If that's something a student hasn't really explored in a whole lot of depth, into other aspects that are more concrete potentially about the college process as far as the applications are concerned, all of that. So yeah, it's definitely not too late at that point. Um, but I would say certainly you don't want to wait too far beyond, you know, kind of early junior, middle junior year to start really digging into that. If that's something you haven't really explored with a lot of depth up until that point. It's just a time investment at that point, because really what you're doing is you are preparing, actively preparing for all of those steps that go into applying for college. And we've talked about this, like that, this is something that we didn't do. (laughs) And it's very much a reality for these students now. And there are things that um, there are steps that you have to take, or you're going to miss out on maybe scholarships, maybe, you know, certain opportunities, or maybe just deadlines, you know, I mean, really, um, right. So it's good to have a plan. Yeah. And I would say part of that, too, is just you might miss out on the sense that you really thoroughly explored all of your options. Right. Like if you're waiting too late, I mean, that's sort of the benefit of working with us and having these discussions is we really look at all the institutions, you know, locally, nationally, wherever it may be that we feel like is going to be a great fit for you in conjunction with where you are sort of thinking about, you know, different options. And so students are going to walk away feeling like, okay, I really have, you know, looked at everything and thought about this from top to bottom, from personality assessments to location to generally speaking fit, like, you know, I've looked at all of this. So that's one of the benefits, you know, I think of being as thorough as you can at the latest when you're in your junior year, kind of moving forward from there. And fit is everything, you know, I mean, fit is the absolute number one consideration, I feel. And you see the misalignment sometimes where students' expectations are not thinking about fit, not thinking Mm -hmm. about what they need and want. Um, And this is what we start talking about now, like in February, January, February, talking about what do you need out of a college and what do you want out of a college? And so I think that junior year, it's really important to manage expectations and say, yeah, you may really want to go to this school, but does this school offer what you need? And -hmm. you told me what you need. So let's look at that. Let's look at what you need versus what your expectations are. And I, I find that just such an interesting conversation to have with students. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's sort of that conversation of, I know this is a great basketball school, or I know this is a great football school in terms of sort of the extracurricular student involvement type of stuff. 
But if it doesn't have the major that you want to focus on after we've had all these thorough conversations, you know, is it a realistic choice? Is it going to lead you where you want to be? And so I think those kinds of discussions are some of my favorite, you know, directions that we can take students to some of my favorite ones to have. I mean, you know, sometimes it leads students to a realization that they just hadn't even thought about before to an institution that they haven't considered at all. And so, you know, those to me are highly beneficial. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, you know, all of this conversation between 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th grade, the common thread is we want you to be happy. We want you to take care of yourself throughout this process. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about a book that I'm reading. Okay. Yes. Uh, don't make fun of me. Okay. I so I, promise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like these books. Uh, Chris knows me as long as, yeah, so he knows that I like, uh, so this book is called The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins, and Mel Robbins is a very successful life coach. Um, She went to law school. She's just a really interesting person, has a very successful podcast. Mm -hmm. And so this book talks about one small thing that you can do in the morning and how it can change your life. And you think about like, what are they talking about? But basically is she encourages everybody to give yourself a high five in the mirror every morning. And at first I was like, uh, <laughs> sounds cheesy. You know what I mean? But yeah. Then, but then the, the science behind it, I mean, if you read the book, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But talking about the science behind it and talking about how not only we already know that you're there for everybody else. Like you and I are the biggest high fivers in the world, I think. Oh, totally. Like I'm, yeah. I'm high fiving everybody. But am I <laughs> am I showing up for myself? You know? And so what she says is that this high five in the mirror sort of disrupts the anxiety of your day because you, mm-hmm. you look in the mirror and I don't know about you. Like I start looking at like, Oh my gosh, like what is going I'm tired or whatever. Right. And so, but you're imprinting the idea of positive thinking and rooting for yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know it's a little, but what do you think about this, Chris? What do you think? I, I mean, I think it's something that I should probably be doing more, honestly. You know, and I think, you know, this is applicable whether you're in high school, college, wherever you may be. A lot of us just have a lot of stuff going on, right? And it can wear on you and exhaust you. And I think just in the morning sort of recognizing that, you know, you take it one day at a time and you sort of acknowledge all the things that you're able to accomplish and have accomplished and it's just a good motivator. I mean, I totally agree because a lot of times yeah. I just sort of head out for the day. I get a cup of coffee. I take the kids to school and I'm gone yeah. and I'm just sort of going from one task to another. And I think yeah. a little more motivation sometimes to kind of just, you know, give a little bit of an uplift can be a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. So high five yourself in the mirror, give yourself a little pat on the shoulder. Everything's going to be okay. And um, this is so important w- throughout the college admissions process, you know, yes. I think I think the question is not are you worthy of that college, but is that college really worthy of you? Mm, and I don't yeah. mean to say that in kind of a hubristic kind of way, but just like really like you're going to spend four years there and you're going to invest yourself in that 
time in your life. And is that place worth it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think it's just sort of an acknowledgement that again, and we kind of talked about this, about this earlier in our discussion today, but you know, it's good to some, to have someone you can speak with about the successes as you go through the process and about the obstacles, because I mean, realistically, there are going to be some barriers every now and then. I mean, it just happens yeah. to everybody with any big goal that you are working toward and college application and admission is no different. But I mean, you know, that's that's one of the reasons that we're here and one of the reasons that I love working with students, whether it's in this capacity, whether it's teaching, helping them along the way to get from point A to point Z, whatever that may be. That's just part of what we do and part of what we love. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and with that, well, I think we covered a lot today. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> and I always love talking about admissions and all of this stuff and I will keep reading these high five books and uh sharing them with you all because I read a lot and I just think that um yeah there's just more to life than just stressing yourself out about 100 so, <laughs> so um thank you for joining me in the club again Chris I love to talk to you as usual we talk daily but now everybody gets to hear us. <laughs> I know. Hopefully you don't get sick of us. We do get to talk all the time and I love it. So it's perfect. <laughs> I don't, I, I'll never get sick of you. <laughs> awesome. That's good. Okay. Likewise. Well, we'll see you next time in the club. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the admissions club podcast. Be sure to check out our admissions club playlist on Spotify for all of those Gen X vibes. If you're looking for one-on-one -on -one coaching on the college admissions process, my company EWC Consulting can help. Email me at elizabeth at ncewc.com. Check out our website at ncewc.com or follow us on Facebook at ncewc. All of those links are in the show notes. Invite your friends to join the club. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Can't wait to see you in our next episode.